Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer.
It's one of our favorite books in 2010. You're, I look at you as a spiritual activist, Marianne. I mean, you have just, I mean, you just say it as you think it, and, and when you take the questions on stage in front of thousands of people, you know, you're you're not hesitant with political, like, reframing it. So so what do you think is going on right now with mm. the way the world is right at this moment? Just what is your words of wisdom here? <laughs> well, we're experiencing a kind of whole systems breakdown, aren't we? And that's because, from a spiritual perspective, we organize human civilization according to economic rather than humanitarian principles. We don't make love the bottom line. And the basic uh, universal spiritual principle is that if we love each other, if we make love the bottom line, that's not when things fall apart. That's when things will fall together. But we are living under a thought system that dominates our perceptions and would lead us to believe that there is something more important than love. And it simply isn't working. And this thought system posits that we are separate from each other, that what I give to you I lose, what I, uh, what I uh, keep to myself I get to keep, and that money is the bottom line. And so as a consequence, we live in a world in which we do not take care of each other enough and we do not take care of our, of our planet enough. And we have reached a point as a species, just like in evolutionary theory that we're taught as children, if the species is behaving in a way that is maladaptive for its own survival, then one of two things will happen. Either the species will mutate and move into another direction, uh, or it will go extinct. And we are now collectively behaving in ways that are maladaptive for our survival. We fight too much, and we are the only species that's ever been known to be actively destroying its own natural habitat. So that, in a nutshell... (laughs) <laughs> is what's going on, and we are experiencing the uh, uh, the great uh, battle within ourselves. Uh, this is one way of doing life. How's that working for you? Where fear rules, where you do not put love first, and watching how so many aspects of our personal and our collective experience fall apart. And we are being given the opportunity to try another way. And we are finding in our individual lives that sometimes... You know, life begins when you say there must be another way. There's got to be another way to do this. Now, when it comes to our collective experience, um, even though myriad institutional uh, um, realities are literally crumbling in front of our eyes uh, based on the old thought system, there are still not a lot of voices in the world um, expressing the need for the collective uh, to choose love, which is what Gandhi did and which is what Martin Luther King did. But I think that that's beginning to change now, too, as more of us who are involved in uh, spirituality and personal growth are beginning to say, wait a minute, this is this love one another thing, this love is the bottom line thing, is not just the principle that heals my individual life, but it's the principle that will heal the planet if we will allow it to. Well, and, you know, um, I started off as a nurse way back when, and then I switched, you know, I I quickly realized that most of the illnesses were caused by things out of balance in people's lives. And, you know, I've just been on this quest my whole life to figure out, like, how to, you know, best help myself, you know, and therefore help others by being a better person. And, you know, I, I talked to someone in Portugal who, her daughter had died, and at the bedside she had this experience, you know, this spiritual, mystical experience with Jesus. And she said, you know, normally Jesus is just not even like, you know, she didn't have a relationship. And 
he told her, take this light and do not, you know, and, and remember this and fill other people with this light and this love. Well, the next thing you know, this woman just took this and she um, she's having doctors and nurses studying with her saying that the illnesses that they are seeing in the hospitals are spiritual in nature, that people are spiritually bereft and therefore their spirits are sick and it's manifesting through the physical. And I just, when she said that, I was like, it just, all of a sudden, just something clicked. And I think that that's what you're doing is waking people up spiritually saying, what do you think this is all about? With the Course Miracles, everything you teach with this love, coming back to love. And and we're all connected. Well, the mind would like to, um, would like us to believe that spirituality is just some other category of, of pursuit, separate from health, separate from money, separate from personal relationships, and so forth. When really spirituality is the essence of of our entire modus operandi, how we think and thus how we behave, which then determine the lives that we create for ourselves. We know when it comes to physical illness that the biggest killer is stress. And the stress that is the biggest killer is the stress of not living the authentic truth of who we are, the stress of closing our hearts all the time, the stress of living in fear of the future, the stress of living in fear of other people, the stress of withholding love. That's the stress. And that's the causal level of not only our our physical limitations and our physical illnesses, but our economic diseases, our um our you know, our, our personal dysfunctions in terms of relationship and everything else. You know, I was on a call with um many other magazines when Hay House released your um the book A Course in Weight Loss Twenty One Spiritual Lessons for Surrendering Your Weight Forever. Right. And that book is brilliant, by the way. Thank you. And Thank you. you know, and then I was, you know, at the Celebrate Your Life conference last year when um when you you know, you're this tiny powerhouse that is just, you know, a dynamo and then you're talking about weight loss and I you could feel the whole room at first anyone overweight going <laughs> and so but you handled it with such grace and and uh you helped me tremendously one of the questions that i asked you you know i had gone through breast cancer a number of years ago and you know i just i needed to change some things in my diet and and i asked you i said what do you do when as a parent you know that the meals you've prepared have not necessarily been you know the the healthiest and then you have a child that has a weight issue you know, you answer. I'll never forget this. You said to you said on the call. You said you tell the child the truth. Mm-hmm. You tell the child that you know you weren't conscious and you weren't may, possibly making the right choices, but that now you're more aware and and you know now you want to make better choices. And I did that. And my son now is so aware, and all of my kids are just much healthier. You know, even though most of two of them are older, but you just really give common sense. Like, and it's basically all tell the truth. That's beautiful. That's well, a good you're lesson. the one. You're. I mean, I just. You just changed. I mean, I'm sure everyone else is. You know, on that call. I mean, how how could we not? And then one of the people said, "But what if your book brings up things? You know, like what if then people, you know, have these issues?" And you said, "What do you think the exercises are in the book?" And go talk to someone. Right. Right. So, well, you know, it was always very funny for me when that book came out. The you know, people would say, well, you don't look to me like someone who has ever had a weight problem. Well, how does someone look? You know what I'm saying? How do you know from looking at someone whether or not they ever had a weight problem, which I thought was funny? And also, who who do you want to hear it from? Somebody who... Well, and and you shared about your Twinkies or whatever it was. I forget yeah. what it was that your mom fed you when you came home from school until you right. realized, what am I doing? You know. Right. Or, right. But but the but the it's interesting that we are in this country of affluence, and yet we have you know we have people that are starving 
for love, starving for Well, food. we we don't. We we have hunger in America. We don't have starvation in America. In starvation, oh, we have 17,000 children uh, who die of starvation every day on this planet. In America, we have serious hunger issue more than people might think, but that's not starvation. That's not to minimize the problem. We do have one in four American children considered food insecure, one in four American children who go to sleep at night uh, without all the food and nutrition that they want and need. That's a huge problem. But just for you know clarity's sake, it's not starvation. I, I Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But um, so, so right now, if you were to say, you know, uh, two things to change in your life to make you more content, peaceful, happy, and connected to other people, where would you recommend that a person who just knows that they want to live life in a different way, where would you suggest they start? Where we start is where we end. Who have I not forgiven? Okay. Who am I judging? Who am I blaming? Who am I attacking? Who am I criticizing? Who am I trying to control? Who am I trying to manipulate? Uh, where am I trying to interrupt the flow of the universe and make it go my way based on things that I thought were lacking in the past? It's the you know the advanced principles of spirituality are the same as the basic principles of spirituality. Day one and day gazillion are the same. Who am I attacking in my thinking? Forgiveness is the key to inner peace. Forgiveness is the key to allowing the universe to right itself. So, you know, learning the principle isn't that hard. Okay, I have to forgive everybody. What's hard sometimes is doing it. But it's never something It's never something else. I mean, either love one another is the ultimate law because it's the ultimate answer or not. So the question then becomes, in every situation where we have any kind of limitation or withhold, who have you not forgiven? And then the ego mind will say, oh, no, this, this situation is not about forgiveness, trust me. And then spirit comes back with, well, who are you not forgiving? On and on and on. Because love is who we are. So when I am not allowing my heart to be open in love, I'm not being who I authentically am. And that love is my oxygen. That love is the force field in which I am deeply at home. And outside that field, I am stressed because it's the stress of not being who I am. And thus, as you were talking about, you know, with the physical diseases and everything else. So, you know, if you keep current with your own life, who did I judge today? Who did I blame today? Who did I not give a break today? Who was I unmerciful towards today? Who did I blame rather than bless? Who did I withhold love and charity and compassion from? You know, once you realize that on a spiritual level, you only get to keep what you give away then you become generous out of self-interest, as The Course in Miracles says. And I don't say this glibly, you know. Sometimes it's easier said than done, for me as much as for anyone. But if you've experienced enough, you realize that the application of that one idea is it's it's like the the force of a nuclear bomb in, in, in terms of your own capacity to recreate your life. Wow. Wise words. Very wise words. And you've taught forgiveness as long as you've been teaching. And, you know, so many people, myself included in the past, just didn't quite understand it. You know, and and the Course in Miracles is so eloquent with coming back to it all the time. But that, your answer right there, Miriam, was just beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. And um, 
you know, uh, at this time, listeners, if there is a question, you just push one, and um, Nate just uh, let me know if there's a person with a question. A lot of times people just want to listen, and you're on a roll here. so You know, um, the idea is that miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. That's what the Course says. Miracles occur naturally as expressions of love. So whenever they do not occur, something has gone wrong. So the question in every moment is, where are my thoughts not aligned with love? Because wherever my thoughts are aligned with love, I am literally opening up the floodgates and allowing the miracles to flow forth, allowing the natural order of the universe to not only make all things right, but also correct anything that has been made wrong. And any moment when I'm withholding love from myself or others, I am deflecting the miracle. I'm deflecting the breakthrough. I'm deflecting the correction. And it's a moment-by-moment effort at building a certain kind of mental musculature. You know, with your physical muscles, you're building the ability to go out and do something. With your spiritual muscles, you're developing the ability to be very still within yourself, to be at peace, to not be reactive, and to allow the universe to to extend through you, not only in new realms of creativity, but like I said, in correcting itself wherever that correction is necessary. And don't you think that's the you know that's the part where so many people if they if they fall then they beat themselves up and they go back into this cycle and it's like just stop it there's not time for that do the correction and get back up there and get going again. Well, it's not always so easy, of course. I mean, oh, I... if we feel guilty or we feel uh, you know human emotions can make it very very difficult. But then that's all the more reason to develop the musculature through prayer and through meditation. You know, I'm always fascinated watching um, high level athletes. I mean, a great tennis player, a great athlete doesn't have time. They don't. They don't. They literally don't have a fraction of a second to bemoan the mistake that they just made. They can't afford the fraction of a second. I mean, the level of emotional discipline and psychological discipline that is involved in the, you know, in the performance of a great athlete is just mind-boggling to me. And like you said, it's the same. It's the same with with emotional uh, self-discipline regarding our life, any other life experience. Uh, feel it, process it. But there's a difference between processing and spewing. And sometimes I think we. We take the processing and we allow it to be longer than it needs to be. Um, I think that we have an emotional sewage system just like we have a, a, a physical sewage system. You take something in, you process it, you chew on it. Your body takes what it can use in terms of nourishment, and then it eliminates the rest. And that's what our experiences should be too. I process it, I chew on it. And then I take from it what I can learn from this, what would make me a, a a healthier person emotionally, what would make me a wiser person, and then just drop the rest. But once again, this is a skill set. You know, your physical body does it without your consciously um, working at that. And I, I think that the emotions and the psyche does that too. In, if you look at children, for instance, it's really interesting about children. They'll cry. They have a tantrum. They're just like they just they're just completely. It's the worst thing that ever happened. And then their little crying session is over. And there's something very healthy about that. That you feel what you feel when you feel it, and then you let it pass through you. But as we become adults and we have so many layers of other thought forms and accumulated experiences, sometimes it takes you know practice, and we have to relearn our capacity to be present with our own circumstances, and to to do what it takes to drop that which is not love and to get back to love as soon as possible so that we're back on that miracle track. So meditation, forgiveness, 
quieting the mind, feeling the feelings, but but learning to self-correct when needed. Well, it's not that we learn to self-correct. The universe is self-correcting. And the one thing I would add to your list would be prayer. Because prayer is the medium of miracles. Constantly realigning ourselves with the divine source of our thoughts, the divine source of love. Reweaving our own thought system back into that divine love. And then it's not that we self-correct, but we allow. Because really there's never anything to correct about yourself. It's about returning to your natural perfection, which does not need correction. And that is, whether you call it the Holy Spirit or any other aspect of divine mind that lies within you as a purifying force, you allow yourself to be corrected. You're, you know, it's like when sometimes when people say, oh, what you do is self-help. This is not self-help. You're the problem. You're not the answer. <laughs> this is about knowing my small self did this, but a higher self from a divine source can correct this. The universe will correct itself. It's some, like sometimes when you're on a, on a road and it's, you're, you, you start to skid and you know the best thing to do, take your hand off the wheel and let the car ride itself. That's how it is that you don't get all panicked and try to fix a situation. Rather, you get quiet, you get prayerful, and you say, okay, obviously I've been, you know, doing something wrong here or it wouldn't be so chaotic, but I am willing in this moment. Or even if it's somebody else has, you know, been wrong-minded and caused chaos, in this moment I get very quiet and I go back to the divine source, I go back to love, and I allow the universe. I allow the universe to, to to bring itself back into alignment with the principles of perfection that are the natural order of all things. So <clears throat> this is, you know, this is, and I I think that that's the biggest thing is the um, the love is, you know, the Dalai Lama I recently saw in front of 4,000 people and, you know, he had these high school students submit essays on um and then and then three were awarded uh the opportunity to speak their essays out loud in front of these 4000 people and at Loyola University in Chicago and the question was how can how can a student a, a you know a young person take the energy of peace within their own household and help that ripple out into the community. How can one young person in a family system make a difference, you know, mm-hmm. by by that family and you know, it was it was so interesting. Each of them took a different approach, but the principals were with the students. And at the at the end, when he was when Dalai Lama was talking about children, he said, "You know, in this culture, a lot of times people think, you know, you can't love a child too much; you'll spoil them." He said, "You cannot love a child too much because that love is what teaches them this, you know, this whole thing of of being able to receive that grace, so to speak." And I don't think he used those exact words, but he was, but he was basically saying, you know, that's what Mahatma Gandhi was teaching. That's what all the great teachers, you know, as you said, you know, Martin Luther King, et cetera, they were saying, you don't fight it with, you, you don't fight. First of all, you 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 go at it at a different angle with this love. And you know, I just looked at these three young high school students who have this opportunity to just really like be there, and then they got to ask the first questions to the Dalai Lama, and I thought. Oh, there were 4,000 people at the first session and 4,000 in the afternoon, and I just thought it's so wonderful that he honors the young people because that's where, you know, and then one of them said, well, what's the best thing we can do or whatever? And he said, you know, in 30 years, 
you're going to be the world. You know, he said, I won't be here. A lot of the people in this audience won't be here. So he said, you have to start right with your families where you are and then just know that you can make a change. Just like Mahatma Gandhi, he was one person, but look at the difference that he made. And, you know, and you've, you've been named one of the top uh, influential baby boomers, one of the top most, you know, top, what is it, the 50 most influential baby boomers by Newsweek. And, you know, when you look at, how you've changed the world. When you were a little girl, did you have this vision of being a, uh, you know, a political activist in the realm of waking people up, you know, spiritually? I mean, what were you like as a child? I'm just, I'm just curious, like, at what age you awakened with this understanding that, you know, this was part of your, your mission in life and, and agreements? Well, I, I, I don't really subscribe to the Eureka theory of personal transformation. I, I see myself as like everybody else I know. I have, as the years have gone by, um, grown up somewhat. Um, I think that the the myth of somebody waking up, I get it, is kind of um, almost debilitating. I think what's more helpful for all of us is to think, well, I made a mistake on that one, but I learned from the experience. I got that one right, and I think I can even do better. And I was always, and you have enough accumulated experiences of learning, both from your failures and your successes, that in time you become the person that you would like to be. Not that the path ever ends, not that we're ever not, you know, having to learn our lessons. And the universe is always pushing us to learn the next one uh, until we're at some enlightened state. And I'm not there yet, so I can't really report on that day. Um, when I was a little girl, though, it was kind of interesting because I used to used to close my eyes and ask what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I used to get the word priest. And that was odd because I'm Jewish. So I knew, well, I can't be a priest. I thought that was so interesting when I look back at that because I think archetypally I am. And I just, but that's what I used to get. And then I used to ignore it. I mean, I wasn't going to go say, Mommy and Daddy, I... Think it was supposed to be a priest. I mean, you know, there are women priests. I mean, it was crazy. But yet, archetypally, I was clearly getting the call of my soul because I think kind of my work is a priestly function, um, you know, if you look at the archetype and the energy. So, um, yeah, that that's interesting. I wanted to be a nun, but then I realized that that wouldn't work. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, and, and you know, I used to bring these stacks of books home, and I read about all the saints. I was always fascinated by the saints. You know, me I just, too. I me just, too. You know, I was just like, I couldn't read enough about the saints, especially Saint Teresa. I was just like, oh, that's so interesting. Me too. I used to, um, I used to uh, the same with you. I say same as you, and I used to go into Hebrew school, and I was always telling the boys, let's leave, let's go, you know, let's just go across the street, let's go to the Target, you know, let's let's just hang, and let's go, let's leave. So my mother went to the rabbi one day, and she said, Rabbi, I'm really worried. I go into my daughter's bedroom, and I find all these books about about saints everywhere. I find books about St. Teresa. And I, you know what? I, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. I, the way my daughter's going, she's going to end up in a convent. And the rabbi said to my mother, from what I hear about your daughter, a convent might, be the, might not be the worst place. 
and instruction and uh, really creating a new blueprint for what we can do as uh, mothers of the world. So uh, I hope that uh, I, I hope that uh, people will check that out who feel moved. To me, that's very much the next step for women now. Okay, so listeners, that's M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E.com, Marianne.com, mm-hmm. and you can get her newsletter, sign up there, and she will be in the Midwest uh, teaching t- in, in Chicago on June 8th at the Celebrate Your Life conference, which is June 8th through 10th, and then also at, uh, coming to St. Louis after that, June 16th. This will be a 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. all-day workshop with Marianne Williamson in St. Louis, and we'll be hearing from Stacey Hunziker in just a couple minutes about uh, – uh, about this workshop and et cetera. And, you know, Marianne, thank you. I will be seeing you in Chicago. And thank, you. thank you. Thank so you much. so much for giving okay. me the opportunity. Much oh love. Okay. Bye. Okay. So, listeners, that was wonderful, wonderful Marianne Williamson. And there's an article on our June issue of Spirit Seeker, but you can also um, go go to her website, Marianne.com, which is M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E.com. And, um, Stacy, are, are you uh, on the call yet? I'm not sure. So, um, but they just, just you know how to let me know uh, when Stacy joins the call. So, I do just want to mention that um, the all-day workshop that will uh, be happening in St. Louis, uh, as I said, is on June 16th, and it's a rare opportunity to get a whole day with Marianne. Um, so. Uh, you can call 314-965-6133 or uh, go to yogaspamag.com. And the Celebrate Your Life Conference uh, in Chicago, as I said, Spirit Seeker has been a sponsor of that event, you know, and Spirit Seeker is in Chicago. So, um, you know, that's our newest city. We've been there for just a little over a year, but we have been in, um, you know, a part of Celebrate Your Life for six years and, um, I just can't tell you how life-changing being in the presence of Marianne Williamson is and all of the other speakers that are um, at the conference in Chicago. But to have, you know, to have Marianne in St. Louis is just, like, you know, pretty amazing. And I know there are a lot of people that have studied her work for years and years and years. So um, so just, you know, if you have any questions at all, you can go to celebrateyourlife.org or, uh, as I said, the the Stacey Hunsker who will be joining us any minute, www.yogaspamag.com. Okay, so in the meantime, um, I want to tell you just a little bit about um, myself, and I will be doing readings if um, if if there is anyone that um, would like to have that opportunity tonight. You just have to press one, and my producer will let me know that that you are on the call and um, you have a, a question for me. I'm trained um, in all kinds of things. As I mentioned earlier, I started off as a nurse and quickly segued into other forms of healing. I've studied with so many different healing teachers from all over the world. I've studied Qigong, Qinesong, Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher. Um, I, I call myself the energy girl because I do a lot of feng shui consultations and space clearings and um, most of the time I'm on the phone doing intuitive readings and coaching. So a lot of times people will call me for uh, a psychic reading knowing that, you know, they're asking spirit or the universe for help. And then um, in the course of that, it just leads to, oh, I've always wanted to study, you know, Reiki, or I've always wanted to study meditation. And I I host a new moon, full moon meditation every single month in St. Louis. Um, and I will be offering that online uh, as I'm getting ready to put most of, most of my classes online. But uh, But right now, every two weeks in St. Louis, we have the new moon, full moon meditation. 
And the reason I do this is because it is perfectly vibrationally aligned with um, with the meditations that I do and also with feng shui. Because with the, with the full moon, we release what no longer is supporting us in our thoughts, words, and intentions and deeds, and then um, which creates the space to then invite what we want to manifest into our lives. So the new moon is inviting in, the full moon is releasing, and we always do a fire ceremony with the releasing. And um, and full moon is a very powerful time to manifest because as you release things that you um, are no longer wanting to carry around with you, such as Marianne was talking about with forgiveness, releasing attachment to um to to an upset on any level with people, places, or things and moving into a, a place of peace with them. And so when you release... As you do with feng shui, you release the old stuff that is that is no longer needed. You know, so many people have so much clutter from every part of their life. You know, I have walked into homes where people have stuffed animals from when they were six years old and they're in their 60s. So, you know, what feng shui does is keeps us present time in our lives. What, what new moon, full moon, working with the energy of that is exactly the same thing. So if you are interested in any of these classes or um, I do long-distance feng shui consultations and long-distance readings, and it's so interesting, a lot of people don't understand that spirit works the same remotely or in person. So I offer this um, over the phone and I read for people. I stopped counting when it reached 20-something states, and I also do some international work. I work with people in Canada and um, parts of Europe and I'm open to other parts of the world. And this radio show is listened to people from all over the world. So if you want to be on the Spirit Seeker email list, all you have to do is send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. That's I-N-F-O at spiritseeker.com. And then there's a link on the upper left-hand corner of the spirit um, spiritseeker.com. And if you click on that, it will take you um, to the Blog Talk radio uh website and every interview that I've done for the last two years is archived there. And, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes we're having more listens rather than on the live show, although we do have pretty many on the live show, but we have people that listen to this, you know, afterwards because they know that the show is archived. And then they send the link to friends. So there's a way to favorite the show. And all that means is that if you say, hey, I really, you know, this is one of my favorite shows, the Cindy Meyer Spirit Seeker Hour, then that um, helps us reach more people because it moves our page closer to the front. Okay, so um, Nate, is Stacy here as yet? I guess not. I haven't gotten an email from you. Um, so uh, I want to give you the phone number for Spirit Seeker, 636-530-7579. And um, I want to also mention the Spirit Seeker's upcoming 27th Holistic Living Expo, which will be on um, Sunday, July 15th. It's a one-day expo. This is the 27th one that I have done since 1996. And um, this is a special one for me because um, I I just put it out to Spirit to let this be a wonderful event. And it's it's a $7 admission fee that includes all of your lectures, all of the music, the whole exhibit hall. There's a silent auction, and we have great speakers this year. We have John Tuhawks, who I have supported his work since the very first moment I heard his music. He's a Native American um, flute player, and he 
he makes his flutes and he'll play like, I, you just wait, you're in for a treat. And he's going to be teaching a workshop on the healing power of the flute. We have Catherine Cagorno, who um, has written a book about crop circles for children and introducing them to the concept of crop circles and it's absolutely fabulous. And so she will be talking about international crop circles. We have Mariah the Light Source, who will be talking about learning how to communicate with your white light angels. Father Joshua will be our keynote speaker from 1 until 2 that day. And he is a Filipino psychic surgeon who works with forgiveness and ancient remedies. And he will be speaking. He's a renowned spiritual healer known globally. And so he will be at the expo and then also in St. Louis um, July the 16th through the 20th doing private sessions with Ricky Utak, who is this amazing, phenomenal sound healer. Uh, we met in a sound healing class in Kansas City a few a couple of years ago with um, Jonathan and Andy Goldman. So Ricky will have his pyramid and be doing sound healing after Father Joshua does the psychic surgery. And then in some cases there will be Reiki masters on hand to complete the session, and sometimes it's just the two of them. But if you're interested in a session for um, with them or if you um, – uh, Father Joshua is going to also be offering a class on, um, I think it's called, I can't remember, Five Points to Healing, but basically it's it's energy um, healing on the 21st, which is Saturday, on July 21st. And he will be te- teaching some of the acupressure points that have never been taught in any book anywhere. He has just learned these on his own through his years of doing psychic surgery. And so um, we get the chance to study with him for um, a full day on July the uh, 21st. And then I will be teaching a class on opening the channel to your intuitive gifts so that you um, feel more comfortable opening yourself to spirit and learning how to meditate and receive the messages um, from from the um, angelic realm, etc. Okay, so there will also be other workshops. There's massage, there's energy healing, aura photos, intuitive readings, um, yoga, music, acupuncture, free health screenings, meditation, and so much more. And that's on Sunday, July 15th, and everything will be on the website early next week. Um, Everything's a little bit behind because of Cindy Meyer's broken leg, but... Um, I want to thank everybody for still sending emails and asking how I'm doing. Um, I'm doing much better, and I rarely use the cane. So thank you for all of your good wishes and prayers. Okay, so um, I don't think uh, Stacy's joining us, uh, so I'm just going to tell you a couple more things before we close for the evening. Um, you, um, as I said earlier, you can uh, call Stacy. Um, at 314-965-6133. You can order tickets at that number or uh, just go to the yogaspamag.com. And once again, uh, Marianne will be in uh, Chicago on June 8th and then in St. Louis on June 16th. Okay, so I think we're going to close the show early uh, since we do not have anyone asking for a reading. I think everybody was here to Marianne Williams, here Marianne Williamson, and I am just delighted to have her words of wisdom. Remember, you can let people know about this call, and they can listen to the archives. The minute the show is over, it will be in the archives. So just go to spiritseeker.com, click on the blog talk icon, and there you go, right to the page. 
Okay, well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week. Next week we will be learning about natural, uh, like doulas and childbirth, um, natural ways to can make the, the setting for having a baby uh, more conducive to having a wonderful, peaceful entry into the world. So we'll be talking about the atmosphere that you desire around the birth of your child and how then um, the role of doulas in creating that. So I will see you next week. Um, same time, 7 o'clock Central Time, and thank you so much. May you have a wonderful week. Good night. Namaste. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.